Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Quickly get into the word of the Lord. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Psalms 116, 1 through 9. Psalms 116, 1 through 9. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon his name as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Returned unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, we thank you today, God, for your mercy and your grace. We ask that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to give honor to Brother and Sister Grant. Thank you so much for this opportunity, for your love and your kindness to the church. Thank you. I did get to go to Alaska again for the fourth time, and I had a ball. I had these shirts made that said, the fishing team of Alaska, and then I drew a halibut inside of Texas because all them guys are from Washington and Oregon, and I made them wear it. I bought one for each one of them. We had a really good time. Um, I think my wife beat me up last night. I'm feeling kind of sore. I didn't feel too like that when I first got up, but now I feel like she might have, while I was sleeping sound, she might have took the broomstick to me or something. <clears throat> um, you know, when you receive a request to preach, a lot of things go through your mind, and you, and you wonder, what do you say? What do you do? What, 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 what? And so the first thing that, I do, and I think most everyone else does, is is I begin to ask the Lord, and, and I say, Lord, how can I help someone? Because it's really not about me. It's not about what, what I say or what I do. It's, it's about whether God can help or touch someone. And, you know, a, a lot of things are talked about in financial worlds, and there's this big phrase out there called a some zero game, where if someone increases someone has to decrease and that is the philosophy of some zero but I want to tell somebody here this morning the kingdom of God is not like that because there's enough of the love of God to go around to everyone um and so I felt, I felt like the Lord wanted me to remind someone today of a few things. So if you need a title for this, you can just title it a reminder of things. But before I move into the subject of a reminder of things, I would 
I felt led to let someone know if you desire and you invest yourself, God can and will alter your life. I'm a testimony to that, and there's a whole bunch of other testimonies in this building. I can assure you that if you go back in the histories of time and you ask people that knew me when I was a young man, a teenager, whenever I was growing up, I become a young adult, and you ask them, do you know Stacy Myers, the preacher, I assure you would not get a good response because <laughs> they wouldn't believe you. But Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. When you turn your life over to God, God can alter it. God can change it. You know, I would like to take a, a look this morning at the Moabitess, Ruth. She presented herself a living sacrifice. And in that, her life was changed. Her life was transformed. Her entire course of life was altered. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, there was a time in, in the, the Moabites' life where they were prosperous, where they were doing good, and, and some Israelites went into that country, and then things turned around, and they weren't so good, and they weren't so prosperous, but then they were in Israel, so they left. They were going home. Well, in the process, Naomi lost her husband, and she lost her two sons, and she had these two daughter-in-laws, and one of them was named Ruth. And um, they're on their way home, and she says, go back to your family, go back to your culture, go back to your God, go back to your old habits, go do what you do. And one of them said, no, I'm not going, and one of them turned and left. And she looked at Ruth, and she said, you really need to go on back. You need to go with your sister-in-law. See, she's going back. She's returning. She chose Chemosh or Chemosh or however you say the God of their name. She chose her family, she chose her friends, she chose her culture, she chose her old habits. Ruth 1, 15 says, And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and to her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. When you decide that you want your life changed and you want your life altered, you got to get new friends, you got to get new culture, you got to get new things, you even got to get a new God. You may say, I don't serve no God. Yeah, you serve some kind of God. There's something that you worship, there's something that you cherish, treasure. But when you get a hold of Jesus Christ, the ultimate God, you will see your life changer and your life alter for the better. Ruth, on the other hand, stated, Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more so, if all be but death put part thee and me. Blah, 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 blah. We were in the kitchen yesterday, and Jessica walked out of the kitchen. Her little friend was over. And, of course, 
my granddaughter, I won't say her name, she grabbed the door and she was going out behind her and her mama said, get back in that house. And she said, why? Why do I have to? And she said, because I'm a grown-up and you're a child. She walked back in the living room, in the kitchen, and she closed the door. And she goes, I know, you remind me of that every day. <laughs> oh, my. So Ruth decided to separate from the things that she knew and the things she was comfortable with and the things that she understood. You see, there's a lot of things that you may not understand about living for God or, or desiring to move from where you're at to an altering lifestyle and a change in life because things are different. The customs are different. The traditions are different. The, 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 the lifestyle is different. But trust me, Oh, is it rewarding to know that you have a God that loves and cares for you and will be there for you when you need Him. You see, what Ruth was essentially doing was a type and a shadow of what we do today. She was repenting. She was being baptized. She was being filled with God's Spirit. She altered her life from worshiping a God which meant destroyer or subduer or the fish God. And it required human sacrifice. Sacrifice. You see, it doesn't matter which God you serve, God or mammon, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Why not sacrifice where you can get good returns? When you sacrifice yourself and you give yourself to God, God in turn gives back to you multiple folds. The Bible says it. Give. And God shall give back, pressed down, shaken up, and running over shall men give into your bosoms. You see, she altered her life. She changed her life. She changed her family tree. She changed the whole um, um, genealogy of her life. She changed it all the way to today. How did she change it? When she left and she went to Jerusalem, she was married to Boaz. I think it was Boaz. And you see, when the Babylonian army came in and destroyed Jerusalem, the, the, the historians say that the Moabites and their cultures ceased to exist. But Ruth had altered her life. And by listing... Uh, she was listed within the genealogy of Jesus Christ. She was officially the grandmother of David. You can change your family tree. You can change your family tradition. You can change a lot of things here this morning if you will give yourself to God. You don't have to take my word for it. It's right here in the book. And it trumps anything I might say or anybody else might say. It is the ultimate say. Right here, when you read it, John chapter 3, write it down, get a pen. John chapter 3, go read it. John chapter 3, Acts chapter 2, go read it. It's all laid out. It tells you what to do. How do you receive the Holy Ghost? How do you repent of your sins? How do you turn away? How do you start a new life? How does it all become new again? That's how you do it. 
John chapter 3, Acts chapter 2. Read it for yourself. If you need some help being explained, ask somebody in the church. We'll help you. We're here to help. So now to the content of my message, a reminder of things. Let's look at our text. Psalms 116, particularly verse 5 and 6. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. What does that mean? That means that I really can't do much to alter things in my life. I have no ability to change the color of my hair. If I could, I would. And I don't mean with Clarion. I was brought low, and he helped me. The commentaries think that this is a psalm of Hezekiah. How many remember who Hezekiah was? He was the king of Israel that was about to die. And, and he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord gave him 15 more years. The first part was a reminder of God is good. God has and will do his part. And that's what I want to remind somebody of here this morning. You may have been living for God for a long time. And you may look at a situation or circumstance that you're in. And you, must, you may be saying, where's God? How in the world? What did I do to get here? What is, what, I don't understand. What, I, yeah, oh, uh, uh. what the world? Did you know that he, Hezekiah became king? And made a lot of hard choices at the age of 25. You know what I was doing at 25? Never mind. It's not important. 2 Kings 18, 3 through 6. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places. He broke the images. He cut down the groves. He broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it and called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. So Hezekiah... We, we would say he did good things. He did the right things. He, he, uh, he was trying to serve the Lord. He was trying to please the Lord. And then the next chapter, you know what happens? Here come the Assyrians. And they attack the country. And they hold them at siege. The Bible says, And king Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria, to Lachish, saying, I have offended Return for me, that which thou puttest on me will I bear. In other words, what's the ransom? What do you want? I, I, just leave us alone. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. You know how much that's worth? It's worth almost the amount of money that Sister Delat has from Brother Delat in the bank. $288 million. She gets points all the time. <laughs> but the adversary doesn't always abide by the rules. Well, I'll, I'll back off if you'll leave me alone. I'll do this if you don't do that. And Just a little, just, just kind of give me some room. Give me a break. So he paid the $288 million to the king of Assyria, and he went away. But guess what? 
I guess once he spent all his money and he didn't have none left, he needed some more, so he came back. And just as the Philistines didn't obey their bargain, do you remember what what Goliath said whenever he came out on the field? 1 Samuel 17 and 9, he said, If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we, the Philistines, will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then we, we shall be you should be our servants and serve us. Well, what happened? Do you remember what happened as soon as he killed him? They took up arms. They had to chase them down, and they fought them, and they killed them, and they pursued after them. Why? Because they didn't just lay down their arms and say, Oh, we surrender. You killed Goliath. No, the devil doesn't bargain. All he does is take. The Bible tells us that. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is all he's about. But Jesus came to give us life, and that more abundantly. The choices could not be more contrast. You can't bargain with the devil, because not very long, here the Assyrians come back. But this time they made a grave mistake. They come to the wall, and they're, they're negotiating. They said, speak in the Assyrian language. We understand it. Don't speak in the, in the Hebrew tongue because we don't want the people to hear what's going on. But the guy says, oh, no, I want them to hear. And this is what I want them to hear. You better surrender. You better surrender because your God's not that great. He can't deliver you. We're the mighty Assyrians. All of the other countries that we've come against, we've defeated them. We've destroyed them. Their gods couldn't help them. We, we've taken over them, and we've done this. And then the king sends a letter to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah takes the letter to, to the temple, to Isaiah, and he begins to pray to the Lord, and he tells the Lord, hey, this is what the Assyrians said. He said, you're not that great, and you're not going to help us, and you can't deliver us. But here's what God did in 2 Kings 19, 25, and 26. God reminds them of what he did during the Exodus. He took a whole nation out of Egypt and he brought them across the desert into the land of Canaan. He took an army, a, a group of slaves and made an army out of it. And he fought for them and they took over the land of Canaan. And he said, oh, and by the way, by the way, you don't got to worry about the Assyrians I'll take care of them. So you see, sometimes we need to remind ourselves. Sometimes I got to remind myself of things. There's five things that I got to remind myself of. One, God cannot lie. Hebrews 6 and 18 says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for the refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. You see, Hezekiah was in a hopeless situation, and you may find yourself in a hopeless situation today, but friend of mine, let me tell you something, that God cannot lie. And if there's ever been a promise given unto you, it is still standing 
standing true today because God cannot lie. What you need to do is you need to bow your back up and you need to say, hey, look at this situation and this circumstance. I serve a God and he's told me thus and thus. And if he said it, I believe it. And I stand upon it today. Hallelujah. And matter of fact, he may not have done it for me this time, but I remember a few years ago when I was in a situation, God came through for me. Let me tell you here something this morning. You need to get you some consolation this morning and say I stand with God because I know God is on my side and God cannot lie. Number two, he loves his people. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his, for, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Hallelujah. He loves us with a great love. Ephesians 5 and 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Look here. And gave himself for it. You need to realize this morning that God loves you. He can't lie, and he loves you with a great love. Number three I got to realize is God is faithful as promised. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Hezekiah, whenever he was writing that Psalms or he was dictating that Psalms, what he was saying was, I remember I did this and I did that. Oh, but more than that, I remember God was there for me. I remember I cried out to him and he was faithful. I remember he didn't lie to me. I remember he loved me. I remember that his mercy was great. You see, you may be doing everything right and you may be caught up in a situation you don't understand. The fog of war is there but let me tell you if you stand on some principles that God can't lie that he loves you and that he's faithful as promised oh let me tell you there is no shaking within hell that can stop you we must have faith to receive Hebrews 6 and 12 that you be not slothful but follower of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. 11 and 6 Hebrews. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that com cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mark 29 and 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe... All things are possible to him that believeth. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's a winning recipe here. And number five, the finale, the main event with God, all things are possible. Luke 18 and 27, and he said, the things which are impossible with men are 
impossible with God. Luke 1 and 37, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Possible. You may look at your situation and you may say it's impossible, but I'm here this morning to tell you that God can't lie. I'm here this morning to tell you that God is faithful. I'm here to tell you this morning that God loves you and that if you have faith, everything is possible through God. In closing, Psalms 107, I'm just going to read a few verses. Verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 6, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. Verse 13, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 19, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 22, And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. In verse 28, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringing them out of their distresses. I'm telling you, church, you may think you're hopeless. Paul and the people that were on that ship thought it was hopeless. It was over. And Paul stood forth and said, I got a word from the Lord. And he said, nobody in the ship is going to perish. And I feel this morning in my spirit, you may be looking at your situation and you may be looking at the storm and you may be looking at the condition of the ship and you may be saying, oh, this is hope. But if you'll believe, if you'll have faith, if you can stand with God that he's not a liar, I'm telling you this morning that all that are in the ship are going to be safe because God delivers them out of their distresses when they call on him and they seek his face this morning. Hallelujah. It may seem impossible. It may may seem distraughted, but God is the ending and the beginning of our faith. we got to have faith in Jesus Christ. And when we do, there is nothing that can move us. You've got to realize that it's not your battle. It's not your circumstance. You need to hand it over to God and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm here for you. I sacrifice myself unto you, God. Help me in this situation. Help me in this circumstance. And God, in his mercy, will come to your rescue. Bow our heads this morning. Lord, we thank you today, God, for your mercy and your grace and your spirit. I bind every situation and circumstance that comes against a child of God. By the power and the authority of the word of God and the spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
I pray and I lose God, the blessings of God, the mercies of God, and the grace of God in their life. According to your word, God, I bind it and I curse it at the root in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify your name in this place today, Lord. We give you thanks, oh God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Would you mind gathering down around the front? The real presence of the Lord here this morning. If you need something from the Lord, would you mind just coming down here? Let's gather around. Let's have a season of prayer and give the Lord a chance. Brother Myers has brought the word and the will of God for us today. And if you're in a situation and you need the Lord to answer, speak to that situation. Speak to that situation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's talk to the Lord. Lord, we come to you today.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the power of God fell right there just a while ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is so good. He's so good to us. Let's pray for Sister Sandra Marshall, Sister Debbie. I think maybe um, another lady took her home. She wasn't feeling, feeling good, took Sister Sandra home is what I was told. Let's pray for her right now. Lord, we ask you to touch her in Jesus' name. You know the situation, Lord. You know the need, and we trust you. We don't know, but you do. And we release our faith. We ask you to touch her right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thank you, Brother Myers. I was good. You're a better preacher than you are a fisherman. And you're a pretty good fisherman, so there you go. <laughs> amen. I sure appreciate the Lord. Let's pray together. I know they're waiting. They're waiting in the back for celebration. And uh, everybody shake hands with Tyler and Brooklyn, newlyweds, just starting out. And they're going to need all our help and all our prayers. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Love's not enough. You need, you need family and a support system and somebody to tell you that it's going to be okay. And best hope for Tyler's a lot better husband than I was. I was horrible, but I was just a spoiled brat. I was a spoiled brat. I was the only son. My wife, my, my mother spoiled me. I had three sisters that spoiled me. And then when I got in her family, I had her and her mama and three more, two more sisters. But I'm so much better now. Amen. Brooklyn, we love you, darling. You're way too pretty for Tyler. Where's he at? He's a big old boy. I might not want to say that in front of him, but. Oh, well, he'll find He knows it. He already knows it. We love y'all. Lord, go with us from this place, from this service. Thank you for your tender mercies. Thank you for your wonderful presence. Thank you for the spirit of revival and renewal that's in this church. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. Shake hands. Be friendly. Go back here and celebrate with these kids.